Hey book friends, this is Corey. Thanks for listening along as we have a book club of two over a cup of tea. Our goal is to explore beloved genres as well as push ourselves out of our comfort zone and explore genres we might typically overlook or avoid. In each episode, we discuss a randomly selected genre. We will be sharing our reading experience and a brief review of the books we recommended to each other from the previous episode. Also a heads up, so that we can have a rich and in-depth conversation or maybe spoilers about the books we are discussing. All right, let's get started. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 3, Lucky Number 3. Lucky Number 3, 3. Too bad it's not uh, March. I think these will air in February. But anyways, what ifs? Whatever. <laughs> it's close enough. Yeah. I'm eating your cookies. I'm sorry. You're really good. <laughs> good. Yay! Well, I guess we can start there. Um, well, we'll just first talk about what the episode's going to be about. Oh, yeah. So this episode mm-hmm. is about our genre was mythology, fairy tales. Fables. Fables. And, f- and folklore. Yeah. Or as my research told me traditional stories <laughs> yeah so this this episode we are listening we're going to discuss my pick which is neil gaiman's norse mythology yep and then next time it'll be my pick the bear and the nightingale by kate Catherine arden but yeah we're yeah. going to start with norse mythology but before we get there let's talk tea and treats tea and treats Ooh, i like that uh, so our tea, I kind of went themed on the tea. I had a little bit left of uh, the mox tea, which is the Viking moxie, and it has a really cute fox on the front of it, and it's supposed to boost energy and lower your anxiety. It so there's better already. <laughs> so it blends ancient Viking herbs, because the Norse were the Vikings, right? Yeah. Okay. And it has uh, rhodiola. Well, they were pre-Vikings. Oh, pre-Vikings, right. It has a bunch of crap in it, really. I mean, <laughs> no, they were Vikings. So yeah. I'm still obsessing over this. Oh, comment. okay. Sorry. No, 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 that's okay. <laughs> they are Vikings. So yeah, it has some herbs. It has magical ice- herbs. <laughs> it has Icelandic moss in it. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Green and black tea leaves, ginkgo bilboa, rose petals, cinnamon, and cloves. It's really, really tasty. Yeah, really, all I taste is the cinnamon. But I've enjoyed it in the past, and I so I shared the last of it with I you. I taste the cloves. But yeah, this was, um, again, a Sips by Tea that I got actually quite a while ago. Good job, Sips by. Yeah. And I love the little fox on the front. It's so cute. He has glasses on. And they're crooked. <laughs> oh, they like are crooked. Nerd. And he's drinking a cup of tea. You'll see it in the picture. But now you have a... Visual. <laughs> visual. <laughs> An audio visual. Oh, and then the cookies. So um, I tried last time to make these. Uh, I have this... Unicorn of a cookie I've been trying to recreate for a while now. <laughs> Did I talk about this last time? No. Okay. Because we didn't eat the cookies last right. time. Right. Uh, so it's a, it's a um, gluten-free cookie made with almond paste and almond flour and egg whites. And so it's kind of a meringue-y kind of uh, taste to it. It has almond extract in it. It's very almondy. <laughs> and it's funny. It's because I made almond biscotti. Oh, how funny. It tastes like poop, but, oh. you know. So last week I made them out of a cookbook that I had, and I should have known better. This is where you always need to go for your instincts. And it said to bake the cookies for 25 minutes. Too much. Way too much. Um, So I barely rescued them from being um, burnt hockey pucks. Instead, they were very brown and crispy hockey pucks. They were, like, brittle. (laughs) Yes, they were very brittle. 
I was very sad after spending ten dollars on almond paste. Um, that that does help me. Did you have out. to use the whole container of almond paste? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Good job. Uh, so got more almond paste and tried it again today. And then <laughs> while I'm putting the cookies together, I'm like, why isn't the oven making any noise? Why? And so I like turned it off and I turned it back on. Long story short. The oven's not working, and I'm just like, these cookies are freaking cursed. <laughs> what is wrong with my life? Um, perfect. So, yeah, I used our toaster oven, um, and mm. yes, and Kiri is mowing down on them as I yammer away at, <laughs> at her, um, and they turned out much better. They're still not quite where I want them at texture-wise, but... You just gotta soak them longer in your tea. Mm, but I don't... But I might not always be eating, drinking tea when I'm eating them. I want them to have a little more chew to them. You soak them in tea. No. I just did it, and they're I, chewy. I know, but I might not always have tea. Who at... doesn't always have tea with them? <laughs> Anywho, blah, blah, blah. Um... <laughs> We're being extra goofy this season. I kind of like uh, it. So, uh, yes, I'm happy with how they turned out. I think next time I want to try whipping the egg whites um, and... Mashing up. <laughs> Would be good. Um, yes, because I, I, I think I need to do a mashup with one more recipe. <laughs> and I might come up with the unicorn cookie. What is a unicorn cookie? You know, hard to find. It's a, it's a myth. It's a legend. <laughs> <laughs> it's Norse mythology cookie. <laughs> That's something that is talked about that may or may not be real. <laughs> That was clever. That wasn't even planned on our I part. I know, that was not planned at all. But... Quiet high five. High five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. Goodness, yes. So, so there we go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so cookies. Cookies are a win. Yeah. So. Um, Norse mythology. Well, let's talk first about. Well, no, we got to talk about first the just mythology in general. Oh, right. You did research. Can I did research. Prepared? Come on, Kiri. <laughs> Go tell us your research. Well, first, let's... So, uh, what is your experience with this particular genre, Kiri? This was actually my pick of a genre, by the way, people. I took a folklore class in college. Oh, you did? I did, because Ooh, of the English major, how and that cool. was one of the requirements. You probably hated it, didn't I you? I did. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't hate it. It was boring how can you because <laughs> some stories can be boring i am sure you have read a myth or a folklore or whatever that you were like that was uneventful okay fine they can't they can be boring they can oh, be okay boring. they can be boring especially in an english college class well, like they're not going to pick exciting mythology or folklore or anything mm -hmm. like that they're going to pick really boring shit okay so i was more well, and I even have some on my bookshelf. You can see them from here. But um, I was obsessed with fairy tales as a kiddo. So I read fairy tales again and again. See, 60 fairy tales with Brother Grimm and East of the Sun. I mean, I've West read Narnia. Oh, that's not mythology. Um, yeah, so I read a ton of fairy tales. I still run, read quite a bit of Greek mythology, Greek and Roman mythology growing up. And then as an adult, I really enjoyed the young adult series uh nice not even young adult middle reader let's be real uh the percy jackson theory series by rick oh, riordan yeah i've read one of those um, books and then the alchemist series which series which is young adult by michael scott which 
mishmashes a ton of different types of myths and legends. And mm. So I kind of like it a lot, but I will say as I was reading this, I was like, oh, I bet Kiri is hating this so much right now. because Why it's like, do you think I would hate it, Corey? Because it's short stories. <laughs> <laughs> And I just was chuckling to myself because I was like, Carrie picked short stories. <laughs> she had so many opposite directions she could go in. Well, no. And she so, picked short but stories. This book got like five stars, like out of billions of reviews. So I was like, I like Neil Gaiman. He writes really good young adult. I really like his young adult. Okay. What was that book we read in book club? Oh, they, uh, at something at the end of the lane. The yeah, ocean the, at the, the end. The ocean at the end of the lane. It was like, okay. I thought it was good. I liked it. Yeah. And so, and I did end up liking this after I got into it. It was a little <laughs> confusing because it changed. Right. And they kept introducing new gods and goddesses. And so until they were kind of all established, mm-hmm. then I started liking it. And then I plowed through it because I find it so fascinating. Hey. I know. Hey. So, so even though it's short stories, so I still found, found some it, short stories. I found it interesting. Okay, so um, let's see here. Where are my notes? Well, oh, so as I said earlier, Wikipedia lumps all of these as traditional stories, which makes sense. And then I found a really interesting article on ThoughtCo that says that they can't all be lumped together as mere fanciful tales. <laughs> and um, so the fun little interesting thing about this is, you know, I, I, with, with one of the classes I was teaching, the students had to do a research paper and they got to pick their own topic. Mm-hmm. So one of my students actually picked um, comparative mythology. Oh, wow. And so he kind of schooled me in uh, uh, the I, concepts behind why, you know, the d- similarities and differences and why they exist around mythology. So uh, ironically, that kind of led into this quite well because I had that in the back of my right. head while I was um, thinking about that. But Really, the idea in particular around mythology and fables, but really mythology is it's meant to answer some of life's basic questions about the human condition. So good and evil, free will, death, um, life, why, why are we here? So kind of, kind of, you know, the initial kind of esoteric philosophical, what does it all mean? Right. Um, creation stories of worlds and people. And so you know, that's really kind of where it comes from. And that's where it is kind of cool with mythology because, you know, for example, so a really popular mythology that many, many cultures have from different times and places is the flood mythology. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so almost every single culture has some version of that, which is really fascinating when you think about that, because it's, you know, completely isolated, creating the same thing. Right. Um, But then again, that's because it's trying to answer these big questions. Um, let's see here. Often involves gods and other creatures. Yeah. Uh, presents reality in dramatic ways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, and, and so I tried to look up and I wrote, I, I got impatient and I stopped looking, but I was like, I feel, cause I, my, my gut said that really probably mythology has been around as long as humans have existed. Um, which I kind of found a roundabout way of saying that it's existed in cave drawings and mm-hmm. um, and uh, other tablets and things like that. So, you know, it referenced that the idea of mythology has been around even before written word. And um, yeah. So I still would argue that mythology has probably existed as long as humans have had reasoning power. Yeah, I would agree. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. It's probably the oldest version of storytelling. Well, and what's interesting about, like... Norse mythology is that I read that 
because Vikings didn't write to keep their stories or their beliefs known, it's kind of what we've pieced together mm. over time from different generations or different mm -hmm. storytellings because mythology is usually told via story verbally mm -hmm. instead mm -hmm. of written down. And mm -hmm. so surprisingly, we still have a lot of mythologies that have probably changed drastically or maybe not so much, but mm -hmm. we are able to still communicate the myths of the old ways via verbally because it's been passed down from generation. And mm -hmm. I think that's what I really liked about Neil Gaiman's version of this, as well as the American gods, which he wrote, which mm -hmm. is another Odin, mm -hmm. Thor, Loki oh, is type it? setting, okay. but it's based in this mm -hmm. time. So mm -hmm. it's like, there's a show on stars that you can watch. Um, but it's very similar. Like there's Odin involved. There's like a Loki character <laughs> right. involved. There's, somebody that's come back from the dead. Like it's very, it's a good storytelling mechanism of the powers that be, if you believe in hmm. Odin or yeah. Thor or whatever. But I think my biggest struggle is, you know, and I don't even watch that many movies or that many action movies, but I've seen like all the Marvel movies around Loki and mm -hmm. Thor and I could not get those the actors out of my head. I was just oh. like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was, it kind of ruined it for me in a way. Cause I just kept kind of like every time they talk, I would see Loki or Thor or Odin right. or, you know, I didn't keep any of those images in my head just because I was confused for the first like 25 pages of the book of like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> and then I realized they were short stories and then it was mm. easy for me to like mm -hmm. stop and change directions. But Yeah. Well, in a weird way, I had kind of the opposite experiences as you in that I was like trying to really just sit down and plow through it. And um, I guess similar to some of the books where we've had essays where I've been like, I couldn't, I tried, like I couldn't do it in one concentrated dose. I found myself doing that with this book too. I, after about two stories, I'd have to take a break. Like I, my mind would just start yeah. wandering and I just would start getting, it was either too repetitive or it was like taking, a, I, I don't know. There was just something about it where I had to like take a break every so often. And so it took me a little longer to read this than I thought it would. I thought I would like plow through it, plow through it in yeah. a day or two. And it probably took me eh, week and a half, two weeks to yeah, get through it. It took me about the same. Oh. Yeah. But you know, I guess that's the nice thing about it is that even though the stories are interconnected, I could pick it up and put it down and mm -hmm. read other stuff in between it without it being disruptive. Yeah. So I, I thought that was kind of nice. Did you find out anything new that you didn't know before? Well, I didn't really know Norse mythology that well. Mm -hmm. So most of it was new for me. So again, I mean, kind of some of the big concepts is, you know, like I would always kind of chuckle when it'd be like, and so that's why when you hear the earth rumbling, that's what's happening or... Right. Or that's what created those mountains. And I'd be like, yep, that's totally mythology. Right. <laughs> um, but I didn't really know most of the stories. Like, I, I I, think a lot of the characters have been referenced. In fact, I was at the bookstore the other day and I picked up this middle reader book. You'll laugh at this. And it, I was looking for something for a kid. And um, on the cover, it had this very almost, it had this blonde girl with long pigtails in a chariot being driven by cats. And... Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> looked very frozen esque with the little yeah. the girl did, and then I looked was reading about it and it was Freya, so it was like a middle oh, reader version yeah. of Freya, yeah. and I was like oh, and it had like talked about her necklace, the I forget the name of the necklace she yeah. wears, but I was like oh okay yeah I got that That's I know I know awesome. who you are, um, again like in the Alchemist series, um, the Tree of Life plays a really pivotal part in it, and um, so. It was kind of interesting to see that aspect of it being brought into it. So I, I certainly, I think it pieced together some things that I have either had like allusions to or have been like bit pieces of other things that I've read. Um, but it was definitely new stories for mm -hmm. me overall. Mm -hmm. Other than, of course, what I've seen in stupid adventure movies. And yeah. Dang it, Marvel! <laughs> yeah, there was, what is the, do you remember the story about the wolf? Oh yeah, yeah. Mid Midgard. No, that was the serpent. No, uh, the, starts with a. It starts with an F. Freuben. <laughs> Shoot, what is it? It's There's a glossary in the back. And, oh, okay. Yeah, that probably would have helped you, huh? Yeah, I didn't know. I read the Kindle version, so it was. Yeah. It doesn't give you like the front or the back. Um. Where? Oh, Fenrir. Yeah. Fenrir. Fenrir. Yeah, Loki's son. Mm -hmm. Yep. They, I have a book that I haven't started yet, and it's about the wolf. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see if it's any good. But it reminded me that I even had that story because I bought it probably seven years ago. Holy heck. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I went on a Kindle buying spree. Oh, yeah. Like when then. they're like 99 cents yep, and, and you're, you like, buy, you're like, yes. Buy, 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 buy. You're like, like even if I never read this, it was exactly. just a dollar. <laughs> I don't feel that bad, <laughs> but I'm interested to see because his story, you know, is like mm -hmm. getting wrapped up in chains and being like, I can break these chains and breaking, breaking, breaking the chains. And then all of a sudden mm -hmm. not getting the chains mm -hmm. broken. But mm -hmm. in the book that I have, I know that he's like roaming the earth. Mm -hmm. So he must have gotten big enough at some point to break the chains. Yeah, maybe but, so. I mean, what I like about this book is that it is. The short the stories are only like ten pages long. They're yeah. not very long. So yeah. if you have only five minutes to do something, then you can do something mm -hmm. and then put it down and Yeah. Um I think it was a little hard for me to really get into it at first. Like it starts with Odin and like mm -hmm. him giving up his eye in the well and then mm -hmm. you meet Thor and you meet Loki and the characters evolve mm -hmm. and they kind of become more complicated. But in the center of them all is either Thor or Loki. Did you notice that? Like Oh yeah, every or story, Odin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and they're kind of the, the central ones. Yeah. yeah. No that I, I definitely noticed that. I think um I'd be curious to go back and read some of the mythology that I I liked as a kid because I think <laughs> in many ways I it may, this might have been the other reason I struggled a little bit as as an adult I sometimes find it hard to read stuff where all the characters are unlikable. And Oh yeah. And, and none of I mean Gods are always kind of portrayed as assholes. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, they're selfish. Mm -hmm. They're rude. They're mean to each other. They're mean. They're mean to other <laughs> they're self. I mean, yeah. they're just not nice people, and um, they're manipulative yeah. and prideful. I mean, just every single like bad trait you can think of, they kind of are all wrapped up in, which I feel like is a common thing. Because when I remember reading Circe, which of course I loved. A lot of that was a big theme was kind of the pridefulness of the the gods, and mm -hmm. I wonder if that's kind of a a human thing of you know because the gods are supposed to be 
stronger, smarter, faster, better, or whatever. Um, so I wonder if that's how humans compensate when they're writing about gods, is they make them assholes so that even though they have all these powers, they're not likable people. But don't you think that you would probably be an asshole if you had all that power? Well, probably. I mean, most people, powerful people, most powerful humans are assholes. So. It's true. Even the unpowerful ones sometimes right. are assholes. Yes. Yeah. Boy, we've uh, hit the explicit button. <laughs> We're good this time. Um, so, yeah. So I, I think that was kind of one of the things that kind of kept sticky with me, is that there was really no one to root for. I mean, you know, I mean... They were all kind of like different shades of unlikable. I mean, you know, obviously Loki was the villain throughout. God, every time he did something, <laughs> I was like, why are you such a dick? <laughs> but like the sister. Freya? Yeah, she never did anything bad. Yeah, I guess not. The women don't ever do anything bad. It's the dudes. But the women were also very small part of, the, I mean, it, most of the stories were male oriented. Yeah, it was really about the women, like it was all about the women get the women gods getting angry because some giant wanted to marry them and the gods were like, oh yeah, sure, let's give her away. Right. And she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Right, yeah. Um, do you have any like current mythology that you hear being in Flagstaff that, um, you find different than what we read. Like, for example, when I worked at GCMRC, which is the Grand Canyon Monitoring and Research okay. Center, mm -hmm. the tribes would come mm -hmm. in and present mm -hmm. to us their story of, like, mm -hmm. the Colorado River is their mother. Mm -hmm. When you die, you're, you become a fish in the little Colorado River, mm -hmm. and then you swim into the Colorado River to be mm -hmm. part of the mother again. Like, mm -hmm. that is in a sense, mythology. Oh, yeah. Or... I don't know if they would like us calling it mythology, but it definitely falls... I mean, it's the same idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's the retelling of their story, which... Their origin story. Creation yeah. story. Yeah. yeah. And explaining why things are the way they are. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you think about... I mean, you have the coyotes, the trickster. I mean, that's mm -hmm. their Loki. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think... So, again, you know... It, yeah, you probably could draw some really interesting parallels mm -hmm. between, uh, you know, the indigenous... Well, I think Traditions it's all here. evolutionized, right? Like, mm -hmm. it changes given which people are dominant. Of, mm -hmm. Like, the mm -hmm. Vikings, they had these people. Mm -hmm. Now we have... I mean, I think it's, it gets tricky. Be, I guess... I mean, the Bible could be considered oh, it's totally. mythology. Oh, yeah. Well, the, 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 the flood. I mean, yeah. I mean, right. some people but, won't like to hear that, but yeah, it's, it's... It's a story that it, of our creation of mm -hmm. how we got here. Mm -hmm. So... And the thing about what I learned in my folklore class is that just because it has the title folklore or mythology, mythology doesn't mean that it's not real. Mm -hmm. It just means it's a type of story to mm -hmm. help people understand where they come from, essentially. Like, it's not... It's not a discredit to anything. It's mm -hmm. a positive thing of, like, you've made it into this... Mm -hmm. realm of literature or mm -hmm. storytelling that is now well enough known that people can understand it and read it and yeah. take it for what it is for them. Mm -hmm. So, Well, know. I think that's why probably under Wikipedia it was all kind of lumped together as traditional stories mm -hmm. because I think, yeah, maybe in some ways for better or for worse, the idea of... Say hi to Pixie, everyone. Um, where was I going with that? Oh, well, just that I think 
maybe the I, the words like fables or fairy tales or myths or folklore that could almost have like a dismissive yeah. connotation. Um, right. Even if that was not the original intent of categorizing those stories that way. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's just interesting. I, I definitely, like I said, I, I, I it was fun to read. I, I definitely was having fun kind of reading some of the different stories. Yeah. But I sometimes found it got a little repetitive, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it was just a lot of fighting and it felt, and I don't it's know if it's... a lot of bro-ness. Yeah. It, it was, was dude bro. It was very bro, 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 bro. Um, yeah. it, you know, they, uh, it was like, my blah, blah, blah is bigger than your blah, blah, blah. Right. And yeah, bring it, man. Bring I'm it. I'm going to eat three sheep by myself and drink a whole thing of ale. And... Yeah, yeah, it was very bro-sif-like. <laughs> but I guess, again, if you think about the origins, I mean, well, I mean, really the world's male-dominated and it always has been. But, um, you know, yes. I mean, you think about the Vikings and, of course, who probably created these stories and it was right. probably men. Yeah. Um, so, again, that's and that's probably why I like Circe so much because it was based around a minor character and developed her into a real person with yeah. a you know with a real story and um, who didn't let the men <laughs> get get her down. Right. Um, where this was definitely that. That was actually one of the things I wrote down was. So, I'm trying to think how I want to word this. I don't know that I would have wanted to read this in a more ancient language style oh. but I, I for me there felt a little bit of dissonance with Neil Gaiman's writing with these traditional tales I just felt there was I don't know like it, it the, the the storytelling it sometimes felt too modern for the story itself like the wording and the freight turn of phrase and yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it would be almost impossible for us to want to actually read it, though, if it was... Well, sure. In, even, like, an oldish, not Viking-style language, but even if it was in a like, 1920s mm-hmm. version, I don't think we would we right. would like it. True. I mean, he basically took the impossible task of mm-hmm. taking verbal stories and writing them down <laughs> mm-hmm. to try to make sense of them. But I mean, that's, he's done it a couple of times, right? A couple of his books are like American God is American mm-hmm. gods is about like the gods coming to America and yeah. screwing with people. But, I don't know. It just felt overly modern. It, I guess because I knew these were old traditional tales at times, the wording just felt super modern to me. Do you feel, I guess we can wait to answer that question with your book. Ah, JK. Okay. Hold on to that one, I guess. I do have one. I haven't read it yet, but I think I've showed it to you. My, one of my new prized possessions is the Odyssey by Homer. That's Mm -hmm. the first female written interpretation. Interesting. Or translation. Um, and so I really, I really want to read that. (laughs) I I think that's going to have to be like a summer project though. Um, but I'm curious to see, what I think, you know, how it, because I think that's probably more traditional language. I don't know. We'll see. TBD. Mm. <laughs> I know I would not like it. <laughs> but I do, I think it's easier to watch mm-hmm. stories mm. and like listen that way than read them. Mm. Like reading older language mm-hmm. for me is very hard and I find it very annoying. Well, but that's like, 
you know, Shakespeare's a perfect example. Oh, I mean, God. I just but, can't even. Well, but think about it. I mean, Shakespeare wrote plays. So then you ask a high schooler to read a Shakespeare play. Shakespeare is and the it's, only English class I got a D in as well, an English major. Well, that's what I'm saying. So it's kind of painful to read. It's really so not, painful. it's not meant to be read. It's meant to be heard and acted out. Yeah, that's what I really like about the Shakespeare Festival. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point. So I think forcing people to read Shakespeare is never a good idea unless they... Unless they enact it. Or they just, for whatever reason, that speaks to them. But if you find you can't slog your way through old English, <laughs> you're yeah. in good company, I think. I think it's different English, right? Because I could slog my way through Pride and Prejudice, and it's a little... It's old English. And see, I have a trouble with that. Like, I enjoyed the movie Pride and Prejudice way better than I did reading the book. Sorry. Which version did you like better? Well, I've, I haven't seen, like, the six-hour BBC one. I've only seen the one the with Keira Knightley. The Keira Knightley, yeah. I love that one. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. I, You know, I'd have nothing to compare it to, but I, I thought it was a good movie. I have. It's my sick movie. Yeah. I'm sick. I watch it. Or I think about, like, A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. I didn't see that or read it. What? Yeah. Oh, I my God. A reader. You can still do it now. I want to. It's so good. Yeah. I went to that, oh, you know what? Oh, so a couple of weeks ago, the Canyon Dance Company did, um, instead of doing Nutcracker this year, they did a, their, one of their, one of their, uh, dancers, well, a couple of them, I guess I should say, created a, a dance, a modern dance version of A Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was so cute and ridiculous at the same time. Like there was some, actually some really beautiful moments. And, um, I think, with some polish, it'll grow into like a really neat performance. Mm-hmm. And I took it with a grain of salt. This was their first time putting, yeah. you know, choreographing this and designing it. And, um, <laughs> but you know, you think about like the Nutcracker where you have like all the little itty bitties come out and waddle around. And mm-hmm. so they had moments like that for the itty bitties and the awesome. <laughs> little snowflakes and they're frolicking around. And you're just like, it was like one of those, like, I feel like I'm part of a community moment because right. it was such a community performance. Yeah. Um, you know, all the dance, all the adult dancers were people that have full time jobs and dance for fun on the side. Yeah. And then all the high school dancers and then all the itty bitties. Mm. But it was a cool interpretation of, the, of a Christmas carol. Mm. So you really should. You Is really it a Christmas carol mythology as well as that the one with no. the ghost of Christmas past? I wouldn't call that mythology. Christmas future and the ghost of Christmas That is what it is. Yeah. But, I mean, what would you call it? It's essentially, like, ghosts. It's more of a parable. I guess so. Which I guess maybe would fall into this category. I don't know. I, I go back Fairy and Fairy tales? Yeah. Maybe we should have a ghost theme. Ooh, Ooh. we don't have a ghost genre. <laughs> I'll make you read a Christmas carol. <laughs> you can't. It's already past Christmas. It's a good read any time. <laughs> No. We are so... We're going to do a Christmas Carol buddy read and movie watch next year. Okay. <clears throat> or at least a movie watch. Yeah. I'll get the George C. Scott version that I want, and I'll make you come over and watch it with me. All right. What other questions do you have for me? I don't really have any other questions, because I feel like this doesn't... I couldn't think of any questions. Hmm. Except for, like, the difference between this sort of mythology and what we hear living here in the Southwest. Of, mm-hmm. You know, the tribal stories of their ancestors and yeah. going back home and, mm-hmm. um, you know, like the coyote being the joker. Mm-hmm. It's completely true. Yeah. Um, 
it would be an interesting to c comparison to see if there's somebody doing like mm -hmm. a PhD dissertation about how like the, not the, the similarities of mm -hmm. old mm -hmm. mythology and going through the times during the different periods of mm -hmm. humans mm -hmm. and piecing together what they actually all had in common. Right. Like that sounds like a really cool PhD dissertation. <laughs> Maybe I should do it. I think a few people have done. You think so? Yeah. But I mean, you could probably find like, like where you'd have to do is you'd have to find that niche, like say comparing Navajo traditional stories to North tra Norse traditional stories. And, um, but I want to do it throughout all of time. Yes. Yeah, so there's a man that has like done that. Come on. Sorry. Why you got to crush my dreams? Well, because I just I'm read, not actually gonna do it. I, I know. Do and it. I just read this kid's research paper where he talked about all this. Oh really? <laughs> so he has like the reference on it. Yeah. Will you share it with yeah, me? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'll be happy to. I did have a really funny quote part oh, that yeah. I want to read. Did um, you dog ear it? I undog eared my stuff. <laughs> I need to press the book a little bit so I don't get yelled at. <laughs> I should just probably get some book darts or something. Ann Bogle's always talking about book darts. Maybe that's what I need in my life. Okay. So this is the one where they, they were fighting over the mead. And, yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, I'm just going to read through this, the, the, the last page of it. And um, it goes, Ever since then, we know that those people who can make magic with their words, who can make poems and sagas and weave tales, have tasted the mead of poetry. When we hear a fine poet, we say they have tasted Odin's gift. There. That is the story of the meat of poetry and how it was given to the world. It's a story filled with dishonor and deceit, with murder and trickery. But it's not quite the whole story. There's one more thing to tell you. The delicate among you should stop your ears or read no further. Here is the last thing, and a shameful admission it is. When the All-Father in eagle form had almost reached the vats, with set tongue immediately behind him, Odin blew some of the mead out of his behind, a splattery wet fart of foul-smelling mead right in Setting's face, blinding the giant and throwing him off Odin's trail. No one, then or now, wanted to drink the mead that came out of Odin's ass. But whenever you hear bad poets declaiming their bad poetry filled with foolish similes and ugly rhymes, you will know which of the meads they have tasted. <laughs> It's true. Oh, I love that. That was probably my favorite part of the whole darn book. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do like the fact that it's kind of right. Most of the stories wrap up with like, and this is the tale mm -hmm. of how this is going to mm -hmm. happen or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought that was a clever way of going about it. Yeah. Well, and that's very mythology. Myth that's how like fables and mythology, because yeah. they're always explaining something. Right. And this so. is why it is the way it is now, because this Odin happened yeah farted poisonous meat out of his butthole Jesus. <laughs> it doesn't seem very odin -like, but maybe my picture of odin in my head is not the real odin so my takeaway from this is we'll, we'll assume that neil gaiman did not take poetic license <laughs> yeah with this is that farts have been funny since the beginning of time it's true <laughs> Everybody enjoys a good fart story. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, it was good. I, I would definitely recommend it to someone who likes, you know, fantasy or, you know, has, grew up reading other mythology or mm -hmm. fairy tales and or those that are, like you said, busy. I bet this would actually be really good as an audiobook. Um, yeah. I could see, again, this being, you know, listening to a story on. I think American, God American Gods is an audiobook and... Mm -hmm. 
there's so many characters and they each have a, a, a different actor for the characters. Oh, okay. It gets very confusing. I couldn't yeah. get through the whole book, but Chris uh, read the whole thing and he okay. really loved it. I had that problem with Lincoln and the Bardo. I thought it would be so cool to have like a whole cast of characters. And yeah. I was like, I, I realized I needed like faces to go with the voices. and Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. So next week we continue or in two weeks we continue with our mythology. Well, we're going to the fairy tale world next. Yeah. An extended fairy tale. <laughs> yeah. We're going to the land of Russia, which, you know, will be good for a nice wintry February. Yep. Yep. The bear and the nightingale. Hopefully we'll be buried in snow. Fingers crossed. Yeah. All right, people. All right. Until next time. Have a good one. Bye. Hey, book friends. We hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Thanks for listening along with us. Head over to our podcast site to share your recommendations and your opinions with us on the books we have read. That website is booksandteapodcast.com. It's also where you will find our podcast show notes with a full list of titles for the books, along with our favorite tea and what we mentioned today. If you are on any social media, feel free to stop by our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts. You will find those links on our website. To be the first to hear about the next new podcast and what we are working on, make sure you are signed up to our newsletter. 